0: Hey, I'm personal development strategist, Christina Bartold, and you're listening to the podcast Personally Developing. This is a podcast dedicated to the pursuit of personal growth and development. On this podcast, I'll interview people and share my expertise on personal development in a fun and relaxed atmosphere, perfect for a drive, run, or to accompany a face mask bath. Tune in each week. Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Personally Developing. I'm Christina Bartold. I'm your host for this podcast. And we talk about all sorts of things personal development related. And I'm so excited today to welcome Amanda Wood, who's a personal development coach with me. And Amanda and I, uh, we live in the same area and are, are both doing coaching work. And I have always really resonated with her style and she is so insightful and kind, and I am so excited to chat with her a little bit today about curiosity and compassion and how that feeds into her work, but also feeds into our personal development journeys. So I'm going to pass it off to Amanda to do a little bit of an intro uh, to her, so I'll tell you a little bit about her work. Awesome. Thank you so much for having
1: me, Christina. So um, I think Christina really nailed it. And thank you for all those kind of words. But um, yeah, so full time, I work nine to five at Shopify on the diversity and belonging team. Um, and then on the side, I am a personal development coach. And then also a bit of a side thing. Um, I'm starting flower farming this year. So I live out on 10 acres in Elora and um, have decided to journey into selling and growing cut flowers. So I'm super excited about that. And yeah, I'm just really passionate. I think my career journey has been very non-linear and I've worked on a lot of different jobs and different career paths. Um, But one thing that kind of ties it all together is just a general sort of fascination and curiosity um, with people and wanting to make people feel seen and heard. Um, So that's really been the tie through, um, through everything that I've done.
0: Mm. And Amanda, tell me if uh, if you're willing a little bit more about you know your own personal development journey, kind of how you got into this type of work.
1: Yeah, so I was thinking a lot about this, and it's definitely a bit of a story. But um, I feel like the shortest way to describe my personal development journey is that a lot of it has been like personally experiencing and learning things, and then having those things validated through either the coaching training that I did or through learning from other subject matter experts or um, my therapist as an example. And I think this is probably true. I mean, I don't want to speak for anyone, but I think it's probably true of most people in a helping profession that you end up working with people who face similar challenges to you, but I think the thing to always be mindful of is like other people aren't you and they have their own unique lived experience. So you kind of learn methods and tools for helping them in, in their own journey. Mm -hmm. Um, But my journey specifically, I mean, Since I can remember, I've had a pretty brutal inner dialogue and this kind of links to the whole like compassion piece later on, but I was the oldest sibling. Um, My parents got divorced when I was eight. And so there was a lot of expectation, both I think from myself and those around me to kind of be the responsible one. And I think for probably many different reasons that really evolved into Perfectionism, never feeling good enough, like a lot of those things that I think um, a lot of people can relate to, and that really followed me my whole life. Um, I battled with like depression and anxiety as early as junior high, and it it really came to a head in my last year of university, where in the same year that I won my thesis art show, I went on antidepressants, <laughs> and I share that <laughs> because. I think that that was truly one of the first times I learned that, you know, external validation or external achievements don't equate to happiness. And so that, I say that was the first time I learned that lesson. I think I've had to learn it many times since, and I think I will continue to have to learn it, but that followed me into um, a project that I started once I graduated university called Ways We Work. And that was, um, this online interview series of quite literally just talking to people, interviewing them about why they did the work that they did, what they found meaningful about it. Um, what challenges sort of came, came with that work. And, um, I ended up getting fired from my full-time job that I was doing at the time and decided like, why don't I just do this, this web series full-time and figure out a way to make that work. And, um, I, I have no regrets of sort of what that looked like, but at the end of a year of doing it full time or trying to do it full time, I was like $20,000 in debt. I was like the meanest to myself I had ever been. I felt like a failure. I felt like all these you know, negative things about myself, um, even though there were so many successes and, and accomplishments through the project. And reflecting on that sort of since, I've realized again that lesson of like okay I wasn't clear about what I wanted out of this I was wanting to project like this entrepreneur persona and like I didn't need a job and I could do this thing full time and I could figure it out and I never took the time to think about like what do I want you know and what do I need like what finances do I need what like how do I want to spend my time? What type of work do I want to do? I was, I was just obsessed with sort of like projecting success, um, externally. Mm-hmm. And so that again was like this lesson of, okay, like external, external validation and external achievements aren't necessarily what leads to happiness, which I don't, I don't think I realized, um, you know, earlier on in my life. And I think a lot of people probably relate to that, right? It's like chasing certain things to mm-hmm. make us happy or make us feel fulfilled. And um, that has really, I think like led to how I approach my own personal development now is I'm like, okay, it has to start with being kind and being like compassionate to myself because the the like harsh inner dialogue it doesn't feel good. It's not motivating. I don't actually believe that like being mean to ourselves ever motivates us to do anything at least for, you know, long periods of time. (laughs) So that's kind of been a big piece of what's informed like my own journey. And then I think how that shows up in and how I coach with people as well.
0: Mm. I mean, I thank you so much for sharing all that. Cause I, I think there's a lot, a lot there that many people feel, but like there's such a hesitancy for people to share and be mm-hmm. vulnerable and authentic with with some of these topics.
1: Yeah, I, I love, I love sharing this stuff. And um, I think for that reason, like even through ways we work, that was the, um, the goal was to get people to share a little bit more openly because it makes everyone feel a little bit less alone and that they can see themselves and other people. And I think that's really, really valuable. So I'm always happy to be
0: open about it. I wanted to ask you, Amanda, like, so one of the things you had, had kind of highlighted here was this idea of, of compassion, like self-compassion. Mm-hmm. How did you kind of get to the point where you were able to start cultivating that for yourself? Cause I know one of the things that I see with the clients that I work with is that they come and I feel very rarely that uh people come to coaches um proactively. Like, I feel like there's often a, a space of, hey, this is going on and I, I want help or I'm seeking assistance. And I think that's great. Like, I think when you're in a spot where you feel like you can ask for help, like that's, that's huge. Yeah. Um, but often it's, there's this like huge lack of compassion for your journey, your story, your experiences. And so how do you kind of go about starting to, to build that for yourself?
1: Yeah, I love that point. Um, and I resonate with that. Like a lot of the times when people first come to me to work with me, the interest or like the value that they see in a coach is like someone that's going to keep them accountable. Mm -hmm. And, and like, it's almost like they're externalizing, like you can tell they're sort of externalizing their inner critic, right. Which is like, I need someone who's going to like make me work hard and get these things done. And so I think everyone's always a little thrown off when I'm just like, you know, leading with like the self-compassion
0: and I'm not going to tell you what to do. And I'm Same. not going to like, <laughs> you know, so. all the time, Amanda, because I'll have people like, and I, I have a blog post about this actually on my website where it's like, people always come to me and they'll be like, I need like a good like kick in the butt. And I'm like, I'm probably <laughs> yes. not your person. I'm not, <laughs> the butt. I'm the meet you where you're at. And like, if that's in a spot, that's like not awesome for you. Like I'm there with you. Like I'm not, you know, like it's not my job to like, make people hate themselves you know
1: yes oh my god I love what you said about the kick in the butt thing because I think if I what I would say to people is like you probably it sounds like you've been kicking yourself in the butt for a long time and is that working like Mm -hmm. has that worked so I think um but on that point I have a lot of compassion for that because that was me and I think that is me you know even still on my on my bad days Um, I it's a constant practice like self-compassion was I even I think a a year ago three years ago felt impossible to me like Mm. I read um Christina Neff's uh self-compassion book and there was like journaling exercises and things you could do and like even just saying like I love you to myself felt like I couldn't do it like there was, there was like no way to do it without like crying or, you know, even just being able to vocalize those words. And so I think I'm not sure if there's like a one answer to what's worked for me. Um, I've been super privileged to work with an amazing therapist. I also have like so many coaches in my life that I work with on this and, um, you know, I've tried things like hypnotherapy and EMDR to really, like, process a lot of um, past trauma and, and try and, like, work through things. But the, the self-compassion, I think what it clicked for me most recently, because I think I'm always learning lessons about it, was um, just this realization that it's, it's how I do what's – it's how I can do what's important to me. And I think it was just that moment of like, okay, I've been like beating myself up all these years. And like, is that working for me? (laughs) Like, am I, am I living the life I want to live? Am I doing the type of work that's important to me and like being my best self in that? And it was this realization that like, okay, this isn't working. (laughs) So maybe I need to just try liking myself and having compassion for myself and, you know, working in a way that feels good to me as well as like, you know gets the things done that I need to get done um so it's really been like baby steps um I can't remember who I worked with This coach uh yeah that's right it was um Brooklyn um Rogers I, I worked with her quite recently and she said sometimes like the first step of self-compassion is also is just self-acceptance mm-hmm. and um so that was really where I think I had to start as well. It's just like, okay, I don't, I'm I'm not like super kind to myself right now and that's okay. I'll get there. And it was just like this slow process of, of working through those pieces.
0: Mm-hmm. I, what I love about what you're saying, Amanda, too, is that like, it, it is such a process, right? Like, and it's, mm-hmm. it's not like you wake up overnight and you are, just like in love with yourself, right? Like it's (laughs) muscle that we're building, right? Like it's like, we're constantly doing things and contributing to building a muscle that will serve us long-term. And it's, um, we, my, my coaching group recently, we were talking about self-love and, um, Mm -hmm. use the muscle analogy as well. And it's like, it's so hard when you're in a difficult spot to cultivate that self-love and self-acceptance and compassion for yourself. Um, but when you're in a good spot, it sometimes is a little bit easier.
1: Mm-hmm. So it's
0: like trying to make that a consistent practice so that when it's hard, it's not so random that you're just trying, you know what I mean? You're just trying to make it work. It's something that it's like constant, constant practice.
1: Yeah. That's a really great point. Like just a personal example, like this time last year, I was doing nothing but like work and then playing Animal Crossing, and that was, like, how I coped with the pandemic, <laughs> um, and then I look at, like, this year, and I'm, like, I'm working, and I'm also, like, sort of starting my coaching practice, and um and, and flower farming, and I'm, like, doing all these things, and I'm building so many things that I've, I've wanted to build for so long, um, but I think both of those versions of myself were what I needed to be at the time, you know, like I needed to just play Animal Crossing for hours on end <laughs> to cope with where I was at. So I think it's yeah, just just being really accepting of where you are.
0: And giving yourself grace, right? Like I mm-hmm. it in whatever situation you're in, like being able to recognize like, hey, like this is this is a tough period of my life. It's not always going to be like this. Um but giving yourself the time to be able to have downtime. And mm-hmm. I know for myself, like I'm like a perpetual busy person. And so when the pandemic hit, I was like, okay, okay I'm going to start a business now. Um, <laughs> so it, that's been so great. Like it's, it's, yeah. been so beautiful. Um, but sometimes I'm still like, okay, I need to give myself some grace that like when the world goes back to normal, this level of like output's not going to be sustainable. Mm-hmm. So like, how do I set myself up for success so that I'm not, disappointed when I, I don't have three extra hours a day to work on my business yeah yeah absolutely so in terms of for you like in in terms of this idea of, of self-compassion like how do you think that intersects with personal development mm. I think I mean for me
1: it's the foundation mm-hmm. um like I think we were talking about this even before the podcast but like I don't think that anyone like does anything sustainably or long term from a place of like guilt or shame or hating themselves,
0: mm-hmm. um,
1: and I think like we can't do we can't do personal development from that place because a lot of personal development is looking at yourself. It's like gaining um, awareness of how you're approaching certain things mm-hmm. and. It's really hard to look at yourself if you don't like yourself and if you aren't, if you don't have a compassionate voice um, to sort of support you through that process. And so I think that's a lot of, like, I've had this conversation with a few people where they'll be like, oh, I, I got this book and I'm like so excited to dig into it. But I just like, I just haven't felt like I could really do it yet. You know and, and there's like there's some kind of resistance to like digging into personal development and i think it comes from this place of like of of not having that self-compassion it's hard to look at yourself if if you don't have that compassionate voice to support you through that because all you're gonna do is think negative things whereas like really when to really approach personal development or self-development it's what's working about what you're doing right now. You know, what are your skills? What are your strengths? Uh, and celebrating those and leveraging those. And then what are the areas that you want to improve? And and maybe some of the gaps um, in terms of like how you're approaching things. And so you have to be able to really see and leverage both of those. And I think that can be hard to do without a compassionate voice in that process.
0: Hmm. Yeah. And then like so many things you said resonated too. Cause I, and I think we're very like minded because I, one of the reasons I started this business was because I was recognizing and talking to people and people in my circle was that like personal development was making people feel like garbage. Mm -hmm. And I was like, personal development is meant to be uplifting. It's meant to be something that you're striving towards, like continuous development in in a positive, healthy way Yeah, um, with breaks. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, But like, for me, it's like, I would engage with personal development that was so not aligned with myself Mm -hmm. um, because I wasn't coming from it from a space of self-compassion or wasn't coming from it from a space of like people would give me book recommendations and I would be like, yes, amazing. Like everyone, like I always harp on Rachel Hollis. People are always coming at me on this, but like <laughs> I always harp on her because I, I've read everything she's written. Mm. And everyone in my life had. So I was like, oh my gosh, like I love personal development. This is personal development. And I would read her books and I would feel like garbage. Like <laughs> I would leave yeah. and I'd be like, this is what she said about people who are like me in this way. Yeah, this And like, and her style of writing is very like kicking the pants like her her book The girl wash your face is like here's these lies you're telling yourself like get be better
1: yeah yeah and, and that probably tells you so much about like how she's probably speaking to herself right
0: <laughs> like, 100%. and i'm like that just does not resonate for me and like and people love her and are super empowered by her and i i love that um but i've had clients since who when it started to publicly speak out against rachel hollis um <laughs> which seems to be like a little side hustle of mine um people have come to me and been like oh my gosh i used to feel the same way like mm. like you know, there's this portion of her book and not to to make this about her but where she mm-hmm. talks about running a mile. And she's like, human bodies are like meant to everyone should be able to run a mile. Like everyone should be able to do this. I'm mm. like, well, that's sort of like ableist way to look at Yeah. Um, our, our capacity, uh, like as people, um, not everyone's in that, in the same situation. Right. And so I think it's like people are reading that and you can't read a mile that then you're like, Oh, I'm shitty. Like I can't, I can't do that. Um, and that's not personal development. Like that's berating yourself. And that's like, you just paid for a book to do that to you. Like, I, just, like, I just, I don't understand. Like, that's what I was trapped in. So Amanda, this resonates with me so much because it's like, that wasn't coming from a space of compassion, right? Like when I was reading those books, it's like, yeah, it for the wrong reasons. Yeah. And you're touching on something so important, which um,
1: I won't get too, too much into like the, the method that I'm trained in. Um, but I think how we engage with personal development is like just as important as like what we do. Yeah. Um And so a lot of like, when I'm working with people is it's like actually reframing how we're relating to the, whatever the topic is that we're, that we're working on. And so like, you have to start there for, is just like, how are you relating to this? And then we need to find a new way of relating to this in order for, for you to see some progress, because obviously something about the current way is not, resonating and is not you know helping you make the progress you want to make and a total side note on the run a mile thing uh maybe you just don't want to run a mile. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I lift weights three times a week and I love to jump on the bike every once in a while. You will never, ever catch me running. I hate running. I don't understand it. I'm like, is someone chasing me? Am I running after something? <laughs> it's not for me. And I'm okay with that. So like, you will never see me running a mile. <laughs> That's what
0: I have to say on that. I feel like that brings into question, not to make this talk about this, but about this like, idea of joyful movement, right? Like where we're like, doing stuff that's like movement for our bodies, mm-hmm. um, that makes us feel good. And it's like, exercise has this element of compassion that is also needed. Um, but that's not my will house. So I'll leave that. But, <laughs> um, but I, I totally agree. Like the way that we engage in PD and the, the why behind what we do mm-hmm. is so crucial because I, I even think about too, about method, like the way, like the, the format in which we engage in PD, and there's so many options nowadays, like where you could listen to a podcast or read a book or go to a workshop and online learning is just like exploding. And not everything has to be for everybody, right? Like if someone, if I'm talking to someone, I'm like, hey, this is my podcast. And they're like, no, I hate podcasts. I'm like, okay, okay. like there's not an element of like, oh my gosh, like my podcast is the best. Like I bring on the best people. It's like, no, it's like, that's not the way that you engage in PD and that's okay. Um, yeah. So I think it's like opening up this like, level of, and, and you and I have talked about this one-on-one and, and, and I'd like love to bring it into this call, but, like this idea of like approaching things with a curious eye, right? Like it's like coming from a, a place of like wanting or being curious mm-hmm. um, rather than coming from a, like a prescriptive place of like, this is how you PD. Like this is, this is what personal development looks like to everyone else.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I think what's interesting about the word curious is that like it works in so many contexts. And so it for me, it's like the antidote to judgment. Um, and we can probably get into this a little bit later, but like, and, and how this like applies to, you know, our relationships with other people as well. But when it comes to personal development, I think getting curious about just why something might be challenging for you. And so just use the example of like, the person who hates podcasts, like, I think there's sort of two ways to go about it. It's like, okay, interesting. Like, why do I hate podcasts? Mm-hmm. Like, is it, I'm just not an audio learner. Um, is it just, I haven't found like ones that I enjoy. Um, have I actually not really tried listening to many podcasts? Like, what is it? And you might at the end of that, you know, inquiry decide, no, they're still not for me. Like uh, podcasts are for me, or you might, it might just be like how you are relating to them. Um, mm-hmm. like I know for me, anytime I would read a book or listen to a podcast about uh, that was like self-healthy or personal development-y, I was like, I have to listen to every word and I have to take notes and I have to like remember it. and if I can't like recount what this podcast was about to somebody afterwards then like it was a waste to even listen to it mm. <laughs> so, I look back on like that version of myself and I'm like that sounds exhausting <laughs> you know yeah. like sometimes you just want to listen to something when you're like walking the dog or folding the laundry and maybe you don't retain most of it but like you get some kind of snippet out of it and that's mm. totally fine so I think it's like yeah being okay with things might just not be for you or maybe it's just like how you are relating to them um and when you shift that maybe you'll you'll be a little bit more into them and and that was my not to bring it back to exercise but like that was my relationship with exercise was just like you know the reasons that I felt like I had to do it or what was keeping me from enjoying it, and I love it
0: so Mm -hmm. it's it's like that reframing that can be really powerful. I mean like so many times I'll meet with a client and they'll be like I like buy all these books and I don't like reading I'm like why do you buy the books like (laughs) like, but we create these things and and I I talk about this all the time like we create guilt for ourselves like yeah and that's unnecessary like nobody I have so many people in my life who like like family and and friends who like would not read like do not read books Mm. and I do not think any less of them it makes no difference on my life yeah um but like, we create this guilt for ourselves that, like, and I was similar, Amanda, where I would listen to podcasts, like, probably 14 hours a day. Like, that was, like, mm. the point I was getting to. Wow. And I had to take a break, and I, I talk about this often, like, it, like I had to take a serious break from PD because I was, like I li- like, I was listening to gold, and I wouldn't have picked it up. Mm-hmm. because I was exhausted yeah. and it, but it was this pressure I needed to listen to a news podcast in the morning because I need to know what's going on in the news and then like mm. oh like Dak Shepard has a new three-hour episode on like I need to listen to that like <laughs> so it was constant uh and but I constantly felt guilty for not consuming enough mm. which like I'm not learning from a space of guilt like that's not my best self in terms of like, I'm not going to be able to, like, if I read something like Atomic Habits, which for me was so life-changing, mm-hmm. I'm not going to read that from a space of guilt and then implement. No,
1: so, definitely. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know
0: what your thoughts are on that. Yeah. I mean,
1: one, I also love Atomic Habits. I read it for the first time this year. So great, great book. Has um, changed a lot about just how I think about goals versus habits. And actually, um, I think that's one thing that has like shifted in my personal development journey is this idea of like not waiting for this destination, like Mm -hmm. not waiting for myself to accomplish this goal or get to the stage of my career or whatever it might be being like, okay, how do I want to like live and work today right now? And so this idea of like, whether you call it habits or rituals, like building these rituals into my day, um, And the way that I did that actually, and I do this with clients now, it's an exercise that I love is I just like brain dumped um, my ideal day. Like, what does my ideal day look like? What's my ideal week look like? And I just wrote that down and I like no limits on it. Totally let myself daydream. And then I started pulling out like okay, what are some, what are some pieces of this that I could start doing right now? Um, And what are the things I'm like learning about myself through, through doing this? And then I just started slowly doing some of those. And like one thing I, a year ago, Amanda would be shocked to hear this, but like one thing I've been doing in the last couple of weeks is waking up at 6am because (laughs) I really want like time to myself to journal and to meditate. But if I had done that, like, even a year ago, Christina, it would have been from this place of like, I have to wake up at 6am and I have to do these things. And that's because like, if I don't do that, I'm not going to like reach my goals. Yeah. <laughs> Instead, it's, um, it's coming from this place of like, I want to do this. Like, I want to do this because I want this time with myself before my day starts. And, that's really enjoyable for me. And if I didn't get enough sleep the night before, then I don't do it. And then I don't beat myself up for not waking up at 6am. And, um, but yeah, I think I'm not sure
0: if I answered your original question, but oh, <laughs> yeah. and we are one in the same, um, because this is something I've started this week actually is. Oh, nice. Workout. And the reason I started it was because I was getting to this point where I was like, I'm kind of running out of time in the day. But mm-hmm. also because I know like and in recently getting a dog, it's like, I feel like this dog runs my entire life. And I was feeling this lack of balance where I was like in the mornings, like my best self
1: mm-hmm.
0: journals and my best self takes 15 minutes to, to work on my business emails. And mm. I like, even just things that like, aren't your traditional, like green juice smoothie, like, uh, run meditation in the morning. Like, <laughs> that, like I like my best self in my best business, my best personal self, like, um, you know does I do 20 minutes of joyful movement before I walk my dog like these things were things that I'm like my best self does this like when will I start being her yeah and I had this moment where I was thinking about my future family like I and this is so random but I, I was talking about this with my husband and I was like yeah like when I'm a mom like I can't wait to like wake up at 5 30 and like do this and this and this and this and and I was like, oh my gosh, like, I'm not a mom. I, I have less responsibility probably than I will for the rest of my life. <laughs> and I can't get my ass out of bed before 7.30. Yeah. And it's, and that's okay. Like, and if people wake up at 7.30, like, I have tons of clients who are like, I want a morning routine, but like, I don't want to wake up before eight. And I was like, then wake up at eight. Like, nobody cares. Yeah. Then, but for me, it's like, okay, I needed to like get to the space where I, I was visualizing this ideal person as like the future. Mm -hmm. and I wasn't stepping into any of the power to control some of these things that I have which is like like waking up on like the time I want to wake up like that's one of the very few things I can control I can't control what job I have next I can't control how many clients I bring in um as much as I wish I could um but what I can control is these small actions these habits that one percent that will bring me a little bit closer to like that Christina that I know I could be if I want like if I choose to be you know um yeah. so similarly I feel similarly about it
1: yeah that's so powerful um I think the piece about like focusing on what you can control is really big as well and mm. can probably do a whole other podcast episode on that but one of the important things for me um which like I don't want to reference to it as like old Amanda and new Amanda because we're the same yeah. but um what I would have done previously is I would have woke up at 6am and like had an agenda, you know, of like, I'm going to do this for 20 minutes. I'm going to do this for 10 minutes, like really strict, um, you know, agenda for myself. And what I sort of challenged myself to do is i was like, I'm just going to start waking up at six. Like that's the first step. Um, and if I do that, like that's a win. And then the next step was like, okay, I'm up now. What do I feel like doing? And some days it's reading, some days it's meditating, some days it's journaling, some days it's like playing with my cat because she's like just dying for attention, Um, (laughs) you know, but I try to, I mean, the cat thing is interesting because like I I try to just make that hour before I I have to start doing other things like for me. Mm -hmm. And I think that's, a a great self-compassion practice too of just like first thing I'm gonna do in the day is take care of me and then the rest of the day can be you know all the other things or people or animals that I need to take care (laughs) of
0: um so yeah um by the time this episode comes out amanda there will be an episode i think it'll be a few before it, which with olivia who's a time freedom coach mm-hmm. and one of the things her and i talked about recently uh was in this episode was about this idea of like when you have a routine rather than having it be a routine thinking of it more of like a like a structure mm-hmm. um and that was like a game changer like honestly i think i talked to her on a friday and then the next morning i woke up at 6 a.m <laughs> <laughs> um because I similarly, like what you mentioned, you're like old Amanda, no Amanda, I know what you mean, um, <laughs> would have said like, okay, at 6am I do this, probably at 6.15 I do this, like this is what I've accomplished in that hour. And now I'm looking at that hour, like, or for me it's an hour and a half before my, my dog comes for me, um, <laughs> where I'm like, okay, like that is about time that like feels like good for me. Mm-hmm. And what are things I can do that serve me? And it's mm-hmm. not, like, you know, yeah, maybe it is exercise yesterday. It wasn't like yesterday. Yeah. was like, Hey, I have a project at work that I feel behind on that causes me literal stress. Yeah. Okay. Then I'm going to spend an hour working on that. And that did serve me. Like, I, I don't want to make yeah. it a practice to be waking up at 6am to work, but like, <laughs> yeah, <totally. laughs> yeah, but like emotionally that was, that felt right for me. And so rather than looking at it, like, these to-do list items. Like I need to meditate for 15 minutes. Like I need to do this. I need to do that. It's like looking at it, like what can I use that time for that serves me in a greater way Mm -hmm. uh, rather than, and I think that's a huge act of self-compassion, right? Because I'm similar, Amanda, where like I would be the list person. um, (laughs) And I would be letting myself down if I didn't get some of these things done.
1: Yeah. It's so interesting because I, I think this is one of the most amazing things about personal development is being able to look back on the old ways that you related to things and the old ways that you did things. And, you know, even hearing myself talk about some of this now, I'm like, oh my gosh, that's so absurd. Like these, this, you know, level of, uh, you know, perfectionism that you had for yourself or like strictness that you had or all these rules that like nobody, made you follow but you made you follow. And I, it feels so ridiculous to me now, but I think what's so important of like having gone through that and bringing it back to compassion is like, now I can have compassion for people who are in that space.
0: Mm-hmm. Now,
1: and I don't think it's ridiculous and I understand it and it makes a lot of sense. And I, I know where it comes from. Obviously I know where it comes from for myself, but I think it's sort of like that's another piece of it too. Is like appreciating that that version of me got me here, and I had to sort of go through that experience and and go through that way of like relating to things and to personal
0: development. Um,
1: so I think that's really uh, important too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, like honoring your old self, uh, old self, is a mm-hmm. like this, idea. <laughs> um, like honoring all that you've kind of gone through. And again, I agree. Like that's, I think such an act of self-compassion because you're recognizing some of these struggles. And I, you know, you're talking a bit about this like perfectionism uh, that you've seen in yourself. And like, that's definitely something I've seen in myself, especially as like a newer business owner mm-hmm. is this level of like, okay, this is how I have to show up. Like, this is like what I need people to see. Like, this is like mm-hmm. engagement and this and that and the mailing list and all of the things. Um, and it, never feels like enough, right? So yeah to be able to to kind of show myself some even compassion. Like I look back on one year ago, Christina, um, who's just starting her business and I'm like, oh, like look how far I've come. Um, but also like any mistake I made along the way or anything that I I didn't pick up, like probably wasn't meant for me. And that's okay. hmm Yeah, absolutely. And just like letting that go. Um
1: the only other thing I, I, I wanted to touch on was mm-hmm. um and I find I struggle actually in how to articulate this because I think it's uh, I don't want to say that we should do self compassion so that we can have compassion for other people, <laughs> but I think I I think it has to start with like you know, you should have compassion with yourself because it's just like, you're going to be happier, more successful. Like you're you're just going to feel better and it's just a good thing to do for you. But um, working in the diversity and belonging space, and um, this is something I've learned from a coach at Shopify as well. Her name's Wendy uh, Agard Knight and she does this really amazing TED talk on, you know, diversity kind of starts within. And it's like, until we can accept... And until we can look at and accept all the parts of ourselves, we we're not gonna be able to accept others and accept mm-hmm. the differences that we see in others. And so that for me, I had this moment of like, I'm doing like diversity and blinding, and I'm doing this coaching thing, and I like I don't really see how they connect. Um, but that for me has like become my purpose. And the the reason that I do this is because I think in order to be you know, to accept the differences in others, to be compassionate and empathetic towards others' lived experiences. Like, we have to start with us because, I mean, over the last year, everyone's been talking about this, obviously. Like, we're talking about privilege. We're um, you're talking about white privilege. Like, we're digging into these really difficult topics that trigger a lot of guilt for people, right? And so, like, like you mentioned, if... If we're already sitting with a ton of guilt and and shame about ourselves, it's going to be impossible to look at our privilege, um, Mm -hmm. to look at the ways we might be contributing um, to some of these things if we don't have that kind and compassionate voice to support us. And so that's sort of how it's come a bit. Uh, full circle for me and all the work that I do, is it like, it has just, it has to start with us. Um, and, and that really trickles out into how we treat other people and how we engage
0: with other people. Mm-hmm. I, I love that you brought it here. And I, I know we kind of connected with this earlier because I, I do think privilege is something that is so important. And the other piece, I think, and like how I, I feel like it ties into personal development is that like, I always preach that personal development shouldn't feel shitty. Mm -hmm. that doesn't mean that it shouldn't feel uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. And so I have like in my own work, like, and so I I work in higher ed in my nine to five and, um, and my master's and my graduate work, a lot of it is in a piece of public resolution. So like Mm -hmm. a lot of a big social justice orientation and a lot of like what we talk about or like what I think about is like, how do I engage in PD? That's going to make me feel uncomfortable Yeah. Spark good change. Like, I don't want someone to be shaming me for not running a mile, but I do want someone to draw my attention to the way I might treat, um, someone in an equity deserving group. Mm -hmm. And, um, I want someone to be able to, to show me that, um, in a way that doesn't add labor to their plates. Um, So, and that's why I think like we're in this amazing, like in the world of education, like where we're, we have so many podcasts and books and I know Brené Brown just uh, did some amazing interviews about diverse workplaces. Like how do we create Mm. workplaces? Like with the lens of vulnerability, like that's amazing that we have access to these things for free. yeah Um, So I think you're so right because when we look at personal development that is challenging and challenges maybe our lived experiences and our values or, or what we've been told our whole lives, like, and and in relation to other people, I think it's so important that we're able to look inward in with a way that doesn't come with shame that doesn't come with like, our uh, worry of what, um, well, I think that it should come with worry of what impact it can have, but also like, not with the intention of so much shame and guilt for like where you've been.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love, I love all of that. Um, Plus one to all of that. (laughs) I think um, what's interesting about what you were saying is like, we don't know how feedback is going to come to us. Right. About like how we're showing up in the world or something that we said or something that we did, like it, it could come in any form. And if, you know, we, we can't always expect necessarily that it's going to come in a way that's like easy or soft or gentle. And so like, we have to be that person for ourselves. Like when we get maybe critical feedback about something, you know, I I feel like when we're missing that self-compassion, we'll just avoid it. It's like, no, they're wrong. We'll get defensive. Like our guilt will flare up. And, but when we have self-compassion, it's like, okay, like, how is this making me feel right now? Mm-hmm. I'm going to process these emotions. I'm going to sit with them for a little bit. I'm going to have compassion for myself and then I'm learning. And then I'm going to look at the feedback and I'm going to figure out like, what's, what's true about it and how can I integrate it? And, you know, and then take, take action steps to, to, to action on it. But if we don't have that, like that space to be compassionate with ourselves first that's where I think a lot of this like defensiveness can come up
0: Mm -hmm. I was gonna say man, I have a a personal example of this so recently I was on Instagram and Mm -hmm. somebody had DM'd me like like a person I I think I did some Instagram engagement on on maybe one of their posts and Mm. they DM'd me and I'm typically like I'll be like hey like I'll use their name or whatever, but their name wasn't listed, and I made an assumption on their gender. Like I said, like hey, mm. like this, hey girl, maybe, yeah. Um, and they responded back, and they were like, "Actually, this is my name. Like, I don't identify in this way. Um, thanks, kind of thing." Mm-hmm. And I sat with that because I was like, my initial reaction was like, "Well, how was I supposed to know that?" Like, I I, <laughs> yeah. I was just trying to like build a relationship, like oh, and I got like frustrated it took me about 30 seconds until I was like, Oh shit. Like, this is not like, this does not need to be this. Right. Like (laughs) I did was not malicious. Like, uh, so what I did was I responded and I said, you know what? I'm so sorry. Like that was bad of me. And I'm like, I'm so sorry that that was at your expense. Mm -hmm. Um, this was such a good reminder for me and and thank you so much. And then it, it kind of blossomed into a little bit of a relationship, which was great. Um, we don't always get that gracious of opportunities when these things come up for sure. And we don't, we, don't always, ref- like, I, I have had many reactions to things that I'm not proud of. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think when we, that's what you're saying, right? Like, when we have that self-compassion, like, I had enough self-compassion to not be like, oh my God, I'm a garbage human being. Like, how can I be? <laughs> yeah. Like, my intention was not to be, like, transphobic at all. But that is how that came across. And so I, like, I needed to own that. Mm -hmm. Um, And now that I know better, I do better. Like, I've never used that kind of terminology again, unless I was 100% sure. So um, I think it's, like, I I do so agree that that's my, that's, like, an area of self-development for me, but it's also, like, social justice and our own, not to get too into this, because I think this is probably a part two for us, Amanda, but, like, (laughs) like I think in social justice education and and how we work with others and and how we continue to build safe and inclusive communities, uh, like diverse communities, like there's a ton of unlearning that needs to happen. And our personal development needs to reflect some of that. So if people aren't choosing authors of color or people aren't choosing to listen to podcasts of people of color or people who come from equity seeking groups or these things, like those are conscious choices. Um, So I I think when we're able to include those people, even just like in the smallest way in our repertoire of stuff that we're learning, uh, not only are we supporting these groups, but like we need to be able to start enhancing some of our perspectives on some of these pieces. Yes, oh my
1: gosh. I I know we're, (laughs) I could go a million miles um, on this one. Um, But the one thing I will add to that is, um, everyone I find in the diversity, when, when we're in the diversity and belonging space wants to be like, what can I do? Like, what's the action I can take? And I think that's amazing. And it comes from a good place, but no one ever wants to start with themselves Mm -hmm. and no one ever wants to start with like the inner work that's required to, to, to do before taking action. And I think that's really my big, my big thing is like we have to start within um, and I I just feel like there's no way to do this long-term sustainably in a really meaningful
0: way without, without doing that. Mm. Amanda, I, I think there's a part two in our future. Amazing. I'm up for it. <laughs> okay. I love it. Um, Cause I want to move us into our rapid fire questions um, just in the interest of time. Um, no, let's do it. But I also think that there's some, some opportunity for us to talk in the future and maybe bring on someone else to um, like for, for a meaningful conversation around like, what is the intersection of personal development and social justice? And like, what are ways that we can maybe encourage social justice in our own personal development? Yeah, um, absolutely. Cause I, I know that that's, on people's hearts and minds, but I, I don't know if it's on their bookshelves and in their goals, you know? So, yeah, I, I have some people to suggest, so we can oh, talk about that after. Yeah, <laughs> wait. Okay. Okay. Amazing. So I sent you some questions in advance to think about, but one of them was, I mean, what is the best free PD you've ever done? Oh, oh my gosh. I
1: feel like this is going to sound so lame. Um, no, I don't want to say that it's not lame, but meditation, (laughs) like, like I just think, yeah, I'll leave it at that meditation, sitting with
0: yourself, sitting with your thoughts. That is very
1: powerful, personal development that is free.
0: Love it. And what is the best paid PD you've ever done?
1: Uh, I would have to say my coaching certification. Um, I did it through uh, Integral Coaching Canada, and it's just, it it just like, you know, not only did it teach me how to work with, with clients, but it was also fifty percent about like my own work, and like doing my own inner work as a coach and how I show up as a coach and as a human. So that
0: was definitely the the best paid I've ever done. Mm, I love that. And I didn't tell you about this one, um, but if I were to give you $10,000 of PD money that you cannot put into your business, so like no Facebook ads for you. Oh my God. um, What would you use it on? Oh my gosh. Oh my
1: gosh. So... Okay. So as I note, I've been saying, like, if I were to do anything, I would love to just like take a year off and do like my own university degree. And I just take like different online courses and different personal development courses. So like, maybe that's what I would do with it. I know like $10,000 might not get me far in a year, but like, um, I think that's what I would do with it. I would do like my own little like university education on all different topics that I want to learn about.
0: Oh, I love that. Of course, you'd use it on PD, uh, like in terms of like d- doing university, uh, university courses. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I mean, thank you so much. And I like I know I gave you some accolades at the beginning around your intention intentionality and your curiosity, and I think. I knew our conversation was going to be exceptionally thoughtful and thought provoking. And, thought-provoking, and I, I know you lived up to that. So I'm so excited for a part two. And I just want to thank you so much for making the time to do this. Um, so if someone is looking for you, Amanda, where can they find you? Yeah. And thank you so much for having me and for, for your thoughtful
1: questions. I really enjoyed this conversation uh, in terms of finding me online. You can find me at, at Amanda Wood and there's an H on the end of Amanda. Um, pretty much anywhere. So Instagram, Twitter, uh, coachingwithamanda.com is my, um, my website as well. But yeah, I'm, I'm pretty much accessible on most of the social media other than Facebook. I gave that up a, a while ago. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, Amanda, thank you so much. And for everybody who is listening, This has been such an amazing conversation. I'm so excited for part two. Anything Amanda mentioned, including all of her handles will be in the show notes. So make sure to give Amanda uh, a message once you listen to this, or if you have any thoughts, I know that uh, we're both so open to continuing the conversation and thank you so much for choosing this as your, as your podcast of choice today. I know how hard it is to choose good PD and to dedicate your time to this. So even if you're walking a dog or taking a bubble bath or on a, exercise bike or running a mile or not running a mile, whatever you're choosing. Uh, I'm very grateful that you're here with us today. So thank you so much and catch you next time.